Do you want to dive straight into it? Have you got any pressing news? I see you're on your phone. Um, did, is there something you need to do? You need to book a meeting there, or yeah, uh, I've, yeah, I've actually got to go. Right. So. Okay. All good. Right. Okay. Good. Well, shall we dive into it? Do you know what we're doing this week? Uh, I haven't listened to last week's podcast yet. Why have you not listened to last week's I've podcast? I've been busy, or indeed at this point, edited last week's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are doing, we are looking at Jerry Lee Lewis and his famous Great Balls of Fire, which, uh, yeah, there's, there's, we've got a lot to get into here. Like, looking at the notes here, <sighs> yeah, man, I, there's, I've got some scrolling to do. That guy has got a history. I didn't know, well, this is the thing. Has he not? Is we're so, because we're going back to, you know, so far, like, the guy's still alive, that's crazy. He was isn't it? big in what? Like, I guess it was the fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking sixty years ago and the life that he had before then. The fact that he's still alive is mad to me. Well, should we should we just dive in? Should we just dive into some stuff? Because I'm, I'm going to have to work through it. Is it what's the right word? Checkered. His past is checkered. Checkered. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be. This is going to be fun. That's an interesting saying, isn't it? You wouldn't say someone's like, oh, their past is a bit. Like a polka dot. Yeah, I was thinking polka dot. Oh, well, yeah. It's the only other. Their, their pass Stripes. Is, their pass is a little bit um, pinstripe. A little bit tart. pass is a little bit paisley. Yeah. Pass a little bit tartan. <laughs> yeah. Scottish yeah. background. So Gingham. Je- <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis, born on September 29th, 1935. So he's what? Oh, go on. Fine. I'll just sit 84? Here. Sure. 84? Yeah, there you go. Uh, to... A poor farming family of Almo <laughs> and Mammy Lewis in Faraday, East Louisiana. M A M I E. Mammy. Mammy. Mamie. Mamie. I mean, we're focusing on probably the wrong one. Well, we're <laughs> glossing past the, his father, who was called Almo, yeah. which is fantastic. It had to be a name for Almo to be named it. Not yeah, the Elmo. Okay, you know, I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Like it must have been saying, a it name. must have been a name before it was a name. Yeah, before it was the Elmo. Elmo Lee Lewis. So in his <laughs> in Jerry's youth, uh, his parents mortgaged their farm to help buy him a piano. Aww. And then he began playing with two of his cousins, one called Mickey Gilly, who was apparently was a popular country music singer, and Jimmy Swaggart. He um <laughs> I know this is what do they call it in TV? Foreshadowing. Mm. You know what foreshadowing is? I know what foreshadowing is. So, there's going to be a lot of cousin... Explain it for those There's going to be a lot of cousin-type activity in this issue, isn't there? Yeah, there is, there is. And we're going to touch on his kind of cousins as well. I mean... (laughs) As he did. As he touched on his cousins, let's... Yeah, uh, So, uh, interesting facts. Let's go straight for the facts about his cousins, Mr. Jimmy Swaggart, Mm. who uh, later became a popular television evangelist. And, as we all know, they are only the best people. Only the best people. Um, In 1988... Jimmy Swaggart was implicated in a sex scandal in, uh, involving a prostitute that resulted initially in his suspension and ultimately defrocking yeah. by the Assemblies of God. Which is funny because they don't frock in Assemblies of God. It's not a Church of England. It's not um, Orthodox. I had never heard of the term defrocking. Really? Yeah, I didn't know what that was. So it's like being struck off, isn't it? I'm not. I'm in not. In doctor's you know. terms, but defrocking. Yeah, basically. But they don't frock up in. Um, in the Assemblies of God, which is a relatively frock up. progressive modern movement of frocking the church, 
So they're not frocked. They don't even wear a dog collar, really. So it's a kind of a strange term, but I understand that it basically means he wasn't. No, he's he was no longer removed off to, his frock. Yeah, he's no longer yeah. allowed yeah. into heaven. So, <laughs> do you ever see? Speaking of television evangelists, have you ever seen the little clip of? I don't. I have no idea what their names are. There's an amazing clip of a guy who's basically justifying the need of his private jet. Oh yeah, I have. It's fucking one amazing. of my favourite so ones. Good. Is the one where he uh, the 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 minister or pastor whatever i don't know what denomination it was he is talking about a child who like mocked the name of jesus and he and so this guy like punched him right in the chest good and he's like so i punched him right in the chest and he like he doubled over he said i crippled him um the the kid crumpled (laughs) and then i brought him to the lord there and then (laughs) that's like what it's just basically saying he abused a child like punched the kid so hard that he crumpled over and then brought him to Jesus. I think if I was a small child and I'd been punched by a fully grown man, I would almost say anything to be like, yeah, can you maybe not punch me? <laughs> maybe stop. But it's great. I'll have to show you Breaking my ribs. Absolutely brilliant. Good, good. I punched him right in the chest <laughs> in the name of Jesus. It's awful. Good. Uh, so, Jerry, let's go back to Jerry. Jerry. Uh, I Jerry mean, the Berry. He's fine. So, Jerry's mother enrolled him in the Southwest Bible Institute in, oh, let's just f- completely ruin this name, Waxahachie, Waxahachie, Texas, D- W-A-X-A-H-A-C-H-I-E. Why would you put an X in any name? Waxahachie. Wherever that is. Right. Uh, essentially so that he would only exclusively be singing evangelical songs, uh, but Lewis daringly played a boogie-woogie rendition of My God is Real at Church Assembly, which ended in his, uh, which ended, sorry, his association with the school the same night. Was he defrocked as well? So he was there. He's there to, you know, singing how, praise the Lord, but introduced a bit of boogie-woogie, and they the went out with music, innit? Uh, so Peary Green, the then president of the student body, related uh, how during a talent show, Lewis played some worldly music. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote. Is the quote it's is so worldly? Cold, isn't it? Uh, the next mo- morning, the dean of the school called Lewis and Green into his office to expel them. So that was good. That was good. Um, <laughs> Lewis said that his mate Green basically said, you know, he shouldn't be expelled because he didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> because you know, I, was, I, I knew I was going to rock the house with some uh, boogie woogie, and he didn't know. So he didn't, didn't know. know. It's not his fault. You don't blame him. So after I told that, him it, I was going to play. Um... Nearer my God to the in standard style. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like, oh, I went to Sunday school once and I was going to go off and play Rape Me, but they went not play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after that incident, <laughs> he went home and started playing in clubs uh, in and around F- Faraday and Natchez, Mississippi. That's just Faraday, is that in Mississippi, is it? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I think so. Right. Uh, becoming part of the burgeoning new rock and roll sound. Yeah. And he uh, cut his first demo recording in 1954. Okay, so, can you imagine how I feel like trying to record a demo in '54 must have been such a logistical pain in the ass compared yeah, to what it is now? And I can't imagine what defined it as a demo as opposed to just because they <laughs> all sounded shit. <laughs> so, because I mean, it might have just been when did Les Paul? I think it would have still been Wax by then, or certainly Straight to the Lathe. It wouldn't have been Multi Track or anything like it was later on '55, '56 when Multi Track started to appear so maybe i mean everything was a demo really wasn't it 
Because I guess. he was still there. Because was was everyone was trying, still trying to figure out how to make... And he was still trying to do it, work, it just to right? play live, I suppose, wasn't he? So, so he uh, travelled to Nashville in about 1955, where he was playing in clubs and trying to, you know, build interest in his boogie-woogie. Yeah. In November 1956, he travelled to Memphis, Tennessee to audition for Sun Records. So Sun Records, uh, notably, one of the first companies to record Elvis Presley, Roy Orbison, mm. Jerry, well, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, yeah. In '56, Lewis began recording prolifically as a solo artist and as a session musician for other Sun artists. Yeah. So, formerly, Rockabilly had rarely featured on piano, or rarely, rather, sorry, Rockabilly, ra- ra- Jesus, oh my the God. The guy can't talk. <laughs> Formerly, Rockabilly had rarely featured piano, but it proved an influential addition, and Rockabilly artists on other labels also started working with pianists. So he went in and played some Boogie Woogie, and they thought, oh, okay, well, we can yeah, make this yeah, work. Yeah, we can make this, this work. Lovely. So on December 4th, 1956, Alvis, the man himself, Alvis Presley, dropped in on Sam Phillips, who was the label owner, to pay just a social visit, as it says here, while Carl Perkins was in the studio cutting new tracks with Lewis, backing him on piano. Uh, Johnny Cash was also there watching Perkins, so the four then ended up with like an impromptu jam session, which I hate the term jam session, but that's fine. That's a, quite a jam session, though, isn't it? And uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Jerry Johnny Lee Lewis. Cash, <laughs> Perk, uh, Thingy Perkins, what's his name? Carl and Perkins. Carl Perkins. Yeah. And um, Elvis Presley, just like, should we... Um it's in C minor. Watch me for the changes. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that, right? It must have been exactly that. Yeah. So, yeah, the guy that was um, there recording just kind of left the tape running. Um, so those recordings were all kind of mainly gospel songs, but later yeah. got released as a CD called The Million Dollar Quartet, which I think is probably... That's very... If well, you're going to call if you... someone that, that's appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> probably. probably. Yeah. So uh, on Jerry's own singles, on which he was billed as Jerry Lee Lewis and his pumping piano... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he... Advanced his career as a solo artist during 1957 with hits such as Whole Lot of Shaking Going On Whole Lot of Shaking yeah. and Great Balls of Fire which was his biggest hit which yeah. brought him international fame despite criticism for the song's overtly sexual undertones Goodness gracious <laughs> which actually prompted some radio stations to boycott the songs Brilliant, it never works does it? It's, That's what I was saying Yeah, I know Yeah, I always wonder like, with that kind of thing like, there's got to have been times where People have gone out of their way to get something boycotted for... Yeah, right? without a doubt. Have you, you know about the Streisand effect. You heard that. That's the whole thing of banning something and it makes it... Oh, so it? Barbara Streisand's... Uh, I don't know the exact details, but something. To, I think she was selling a house or something. Right, okay. um, Or her house was featured in a, mag, in a magazine and she had an injunction out because she didn't want people to know where she lived and all this, blah, blah, blah. So she banned any... Any publications of her property, right? I see. Um, which prompted everybody mm. and his dog to find out where she lived <laughs> and to post pictures of it and all this shit. So it well, that seems had, insane if someone did that today. It had the opposite effect, obviously, and then it's now a thing of the straws and effect is you know it's like the Exorcist became a hit because it was banned yeah. because no one really would have wanted to see it. Until they went, oh, it's banned. Oh, you got to see it then. And it, it happens all the time. It's the stupidest. If you're trying to suppress something, the stupidest thing to do is to ban it. Remember the interview, the film? Yeah. And they were, they, <laughs> yeah. Like, they were banning that. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, it must be it must be incredible. It I must be like crazy. Those things never live up to the hype. No, and I, I remember saying at the time, I was like, it's blatantly PR because it's shit and they've got to think of something like oh we're banning it because it's so offensive and it was rubbish it was rubbish um, but there's loads of things like that you know where they ban something and then it becomes number one because everyone buys it 
because they go, oh, I can't listen to it on Radio 1. We'll go out and stream it or whatever. <laughs> i find another way to do it. Yeah, that's, that's human nature. So apparently, according to several first-hand sources, including Johnny Cash, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, who was obviously a devout Christian, was troubled by the sinful nature of his own material, which he believed was leading him and his audience to hell. <laughs> which... Did mate, he, write, he wrote it, mate, right? Just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't. Just just don't. Or get, maybe. Or get, uh, get a grip. Yeah. So, going back to asking if he wrote it, it was written by Otis Blackwell and oh, okay. Jack Hammer. <laughs> Which <laughs> is he named sounds after? Sounds like it's. Did they fake. name the um, utensil after him, or is he named? After I used the to know. Utensil? I used to know a. Uh, there's a band, like a like an old school like. Right. Actually, one of the first like live bands I ever saw because it was my mate's dad, and my mate was called Jack, and his dad was the drummer, and he called himself Jack Hammer. Um, and it was like I was young enough to be like, oh, that's. I think there's something cool in that, but not that name. I've always wanted to uh, be called Philip, and then have you know, stage name Screwdriver or something ridiculous. <laughs> Philip S. Screwdriver, just some stupid <laughs> yeah. nonsense. Philip S. Screwdriver, Philip's Screwdriver. I remember in school we were trying to come up with like cool nicknames for each other, and. My nickname for a little bit was Limper because I had hurt my ankle <laughs> on the day that you were discussing. Yeah, it, it was literally that. That's not a good. You know, you're looking trying to get cool nicknames. Didn't work. It, did it? No, no, it really. It, yeah, no, it's uh, no. I've been L <laughs> so, for my uh, entire life. Yeah, the Jerry Lee Lewis recording of Great Balls of Fire is ranked as the 96th greatest song ever by Rolling Stone, which. I mean, you know, breaks the hundred. I suppose I haven't got one in the top. 100. I won't mind getting in so, the top hundred. I mean, there's a lot of songs. So, that's, yeah, that, top I mean, hundreds that, are all right. Yeah, it's, it's doing all right. The song sold one million copies in its first ten days of release in the United States, and that's sold and man. sold over five million copies, making it both one of the best-selling singles in the United States as well as one of the world's best-selling singles of all time. Yeah, when you think one million copies in ten days in fifty-seven, and this is early on in the rock and roll thing as well, so it wasn't. It wasn't the zeitgeist. It wasn't the popular music yet. No. It's yeah, mad. Yeah, it's it's insane. I can't imagine. Base. I don't know because like where where does the PR come from for that exactly kind of thing? Like who- I was reading about Garbage earlier because I was listening to one of their albums and their last album. This is Garbage, who have won Grammys, did the fucking yeah. theme tune to James Bond. Not, not Garbage, as in you know you're recycling. Yeah. Or you're this is a big your, your cardboard band. from your food and yeah. your um. General waste. Yeah. Who have sold about fifteen million albums, right? Yeah, I never knew. Like, these are they're one of those weird sleeper, sleeper bands yeah. on me that you kind of think I don't really think anything about but garbage, and then you look at their history and you think, what? Uh, uh, what? You think, how have I yeah. missed that? Uh, the biggest artists in the world at the time do the Bond theme, right? No, that's just how it is. So they got the Bond theme and all that, and then their last album, twenty sixteen, sold five and a half thousand copies in the first week, and this, yeah, fifty years prior yeah. to that, almost exactly fifty yeah. years prior to that, sold a million in ten days. It's crazy. So, as part of his stage act, Lewis, as you know, we know this, but let's let's go. Let's you know, as part of his stage act, Lewis pounded the keys with his heel, kicked mm. the piano bench aside, and played standing, raking his hands up and down the keyboard for dramatic effect. Sat on the keyboard and even stood on top of it sometimes. As I well. can't imagine it sounded any good. It's uh, yeah, I, it feels. It sounds like that would just be nonsense. Yeah. Um, so Lewis told the Pop Chronicles that kicking over the bench originally happened by accident, um, but when everyone liked it, he just thought, oh, I'll do that every night. Brilliant. 
That's what really like. <laughs> I'd be like, Brilliant. oh shit, oh they like it. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. That that that, that just that just tickled me. Yeah, I, I don't. I like the idea that the first ever band to smash a guitar on stage did it by accident. Yeah, it dropped just dropped like, a oh, guitar, fuck. and then the crowd were like, yeah. You're like, yeah, do it! <laughs> I think it's um, yeah. I've, I've always wondered where that kind of thing came. I understand the energy and getting into it, but the the rock and roll thing of just fucking smashing. Shit up. Yeah, I don't. It's I'm weird, like, where it? did that come from? But I guess it's the it's the cathartic element of it, I suppose, isn't it? And piano can be quite a percussive instrument, so maybe it's just well, all you're smacking you know, with your bloody it foot. Was, could have been demons. It could have been really kind of um, what's the word? Uh, it could have been conflicted about what he was singing and therefore just thought, I'm going to self-sabotage. And it ended up, people were like, oh, this <laughs> is like, actually oh, that's good. This yeah. is really good. And he's like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's... Oh, God, I've just got into the paragraph where it's all going to, like... Everything's been all right so far. We've just been saying, oh, yeah, you know, he's he was a Christian man and, you know... He, good Christian good, man. You know, good Christian man, got into boogie-woogie. Uh, well, he was going to go to hell. I don't think he was going to go to hell because of the songs. It's probably coming. It's probably this stuff. Um, yeah. So, well, his mate Swagger or whatever is I already mean, in hell. Uh, yeah, well, no. and he was a, a tele- TV evangelist. So, Lewis's turbulent personal life was hidden from the public until a May 1958 British tour, where Ray Berry, a news agency reporter at London Heathrow Airport, um, learned about Lewis's third wife, Myra Gale Brown who was Lewis's first cousin once removed. Mm. I always confuse that. That's like that's that's the kind of cousin that is too close, isn't it? Yeah. It, I mean, not, the, not to say it's that... It's the kind is, of cousin that would be your, your dad's birthday party. It's the first... That's too yeah, close. Yeah, first cousin is your parents' First siblings, cousin is your parents' siblings. Child. Yeah. So your uncle. Yeah, it's close, that, isn't it? And then once removed, isn't it the same, but your parents in law so I think first cousin once removed if you're it would be your dad's brother's wife's or it's by marriage anyway. yeah it's the marriage but it's yeah, still yeah, yeah. it's still immediate I mean, family I mean still don't you know still it's still immediate still like don't. I say if they are at, if they are at basic family gatherings if you're not sure don't put it in yeah that's it that's the rule that is the rule generally yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah no, I mean not so not only was she, his first cousin. Uh, she was also 13 years old at the point while he was 22. However, good however, Christ, to be Christian fair, man. to be fair though, all of Jerry Lee Lewis's management did insist that she was 15, which that's fine, which would have made it fine. I love that it's his third wife at the age of 22. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's, he's gone through him. Um, so the publicity about this caused a massive uproar, obviously, uh, and the tour was cancelled only after three shows. As it should have been. Uh, the scandal followed him back home to the States, and as a result, he was blacklisted from radio and uh, almost completely vanished from the music scene. Uh, he felt betrayed by a number of people that had been his supporters, which is kind of stupid, because it's like... Felt betrayed by his own his terrible fans. decisions. But yeah, but yeah. It's, it's like being like, oh, come on, you fuck it, you loved it when I booted that... that so I can kick a piano, but I can't yeah. marry a 13-year-old <laughs> cousin. That? What's wrong with that? You yeah. hypocritical God. bastards. Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, so at the time, he was still under contract with Sun Records and kept recording and kept regularly releasing singles. Uh, he'd end up going from $10,000 a night for a gig to 250 Wow. Which is a bit of a fall from grace. I feel like... I mean, doesn't seem worth it, does it? It's... um. 
Because he's, he's also having to deal with a child at home. <laughs> let's let's put it let's there, put it there bluntly. is that there you know is I mean? that she's 13 it's not like she's just a younger woman so he's going home married to a child and getting fuck all money per night that's upsetting isn't it that's pretty bad that isn't it it is pretty bad yeah but on the flip side of that you ain't gonna spend ten thousand dollars on sweets Shall I move on? Shall I move on? Uh, so his his, his recording, candy, as they yeah. would. Mm, yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, you know, uh, lady finger. Lewis's son recording contract ended in 1963, and he joined Smash Records, Smash, uh, where he made a number of rock recordings. The team at Smash, who were a division of Mercury Records, came up with "I'm on Fire," a song that they felt would be perfect for Lewis. Uh, because his career was on fire. Because I guess that's but because... More of a burning dumpster was, than... Because he took them all to hell. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, what, we, what, was, what was going on here? This is, this is, getting, a bit, this is a bit, getting a bit confusing. Is, now, he, so. is he still married to Little and What's her name? Myra? Myra. I believe we'll come back to that. Because, oh, okay. Because, uh, mm, okay. yeah. Because you'd so, think, if, that, if he'd gone through all that nonsense, he'd stay with it forever. Yeah. So after, after it all kind of went to shit, it got to 63, he, he recorded this song... And the label held the presses, thinking that they had found like a comeback hit for him. Thinking, oh, this is going to be everyone will forget about that kid thing. It's fine. I don't. Um, can we go back to the kid thing? Mm. Surely it was illegal. I don't understand how it is. It was it a, was it a loophole or like parental? Because <laughs> she's part of the family and he's like, did yeah, I don't, he, I, I don't, he, was he legally a guardian and then could do what he wanted? Is there a parental permission slip? I'll be honest. I didn't go through. The legalities of marrying because I cannot cousin. imagine, even in it's America, even I in need, the South, to be fair, even in the South mm. in the fifties, I'm sure it wouldn't have been legal to uh, sleep with and then well, marry a 13 year old child. Well, we'll come back to that, but there's I'll, I'll give you a small spoiler. Uh, she was his third wife. Yeah, she was not his last. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, well, I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, so yeah, so they they thought. They basically thought that they had, you know, his next big hit. And as a quote from uh, the producer, Colin Escott, he said, uh, we had the press thinking that we had found Lewis's comeback hit. And it might have happened if the Beatles hadn't arrived in America. <laughs> <laughs> Change a radio playlist almost overnight. Uh, Mercury didn't really know what to do with Lewis after that. No, well, there you go. I wonder how many of those stories exist. Yeah, oh, where yeah. They're like, here we go. We've got the song. It's all going to go with, you know... We're good the to go. Wagon changes. Uh, yeah, and then like something that. else just appears. Yeah, I must be insane. I, I mean, I, I bet it happens probably less regularly now because there's more. It's I think it's more dictated now. But I think back then, especially when things were changing so rapidly, you know, if you look at sixties, seventies, eighties, there's three completely different styles, and I do think that story probably happened more often than we realise. Yeah. Of so and so has got a huge new single coming out. Oh fuck! Listen, to that. <laughs> yeah. like we, oh, well. we we need to change tack now, and this will never come out. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty crazy. So, um, Lewis was frustrated by Smash Records and their in a, their their inability to score a hit, which is kind of ironic, but you know that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so when it got to the edge, the end of his um, contract with them, he called his manager Eddie Kilroy, who. Uh, Huh? To who he Gilroy, yeah, he pitched the idea of cutting just a complete country record in Nashville. Um, they had nothing to lose, uh, so he went and recorded the Jerry Chestnut song "Another Time, Another Place," uh, which was released as a single in March ninth, nineteen sixty eight. And to the surprise of pretty much everyone, 
it actually went flying up the country charts. So it really? turns out actually, so maybe, maybe, maybe Joey Chestnut and not Joey Lee Lewis. Or did Joe Chestnut was that the original? No, yeah, that was the original. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but so he weirdly started gaining popularity in the country charts. Uh, what was that? Ten years after the scandal, that's about enough time, isn't it? So between sixty-eight and seventy-seven, he had seventeen top ten hit singles on the Billboard country chart. Wow, there you go. Which is and then, but including within amongst that, he had four number ones within that as well. Wow. So an interesting turnaround. Lewis was so hot in nineteen seventy that his former Smash producer. Um, Shelby Singleton, who purchased Sun Records from Sam Phillips, uh, wasted no time in repackaging all of his old country recordings uh, and just putting them out yeah. because, you know, they, they owned... Yeah. That's the way it worked back then, is all the labels owned fucking everything. You just own, so yeah, just you like, buy cool, the label, you own the back smash all this stuff out. Um, Fair play. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, he's, had a, he's had a weird career, man. Um, in 1986, Jerry Lee Lewis was one of the uh, inaugural inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but at this point, it was he looks you know, super frail. He had a bunch of hospitalizations because he had stomach problems. Um, but he ended up being responsible for beginning an unplanned jam at the end of the evening, uh, which was immediately incorporated into the live event every year. Yeah. In 2005, he received a Lifetime Achievement Award by the Recording Academy. Um, and interestingly, he released an album in 2006. Oh. Which, I, that seems crazy to me that it's that soon... I can't imagine having like a career from the fifties to that and still be doing stuff. I guess that's fiftieth anniversary, isn't it? Oh, six. I suppose it's going to be around that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean, he got he got like all of the names on it because you're probably going to make some friends in fifty years. So he had Little yeah. Richard on it, Mick Jagger was on it, Willie Nelson, Jimmy Page, Keith Richards, Rod Stewart. Funny how all these people, certainly a good chunk of them, don't mind that he have had very young well females in relationships. Jimmy Page. Mick Jagger, Little Richard. Mm, yeah. I'm not... I mean, this is all common knowledge, so I'm not... Yeah. It's not baseless allegations <laughs> by any stretch. But now he lives... Uh, so he lives now on a ranch in Nesbitt, Mississippi with his family. Um, and he's, from what I can see, he's still performing. Like, you can Imagine go on it. YouTube and see him playing, like, as recently as last year. I think these kind of people always do, It's pretty poor. Yeah, it'll be shit. But I think it's that point for a lot of people is they would just be like... That's Jerry Lee Lewis. I wonder if he gets more than $250 a night now. Probably. Yeah, well, you know. Um, oh, man, there's so many oh, there's so many other things that we need to talk about that I've just found and remembered. This may well be a bumper episode. So let's, let's, dive, into, <laughs> right, let's dive into his marriages. Before we get onto the lyrics, which are just nonsense, and I haven't t- we haven't touched on the song very much no. specifically because there's just so much other shit around Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So how many times do you think he got married? I mentioned his third... Wife was his cousin. How many do you think in total? Thirteen-year-old cousin. Yes, yes. Just to just to remind us, mention that that. Uh, six, seven. Oh, I was going to say seven. I changed (laughs) during the word seven. I changed it to I went six, six, six. So I'll I'll, let me. I'll just I'll I'll go through them because there's uh, so so much just weird stuff. Right, married seven times. His first marriage was to Dorothy Barton. Lasted for twenty months. Second marriage to Jane Mitchum. was of dubious validity because it occurred 23 days before his divorce from the other woman was final. Jesus That lasted Christ. four years. The couple had two kids. That's who not bad. Were Jerry Lee Lewis Jr. and Ronnie Guy Lewis because you've got to have, you've got to have three names. Um, so he had kids with... The second wife. Okay. I don't know of her age. His third marriage to Myra Gale Brown who was his 13-year-old cousin 
uh, lasted for 13 years. That's weird as well because so it, them kids are going to be, I mean, let's be generous and say that they're four because the marriage lasted four years or whatever. Yeah. So he marries someone nine years their senior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's weird, right? Um, like there's, there's, there's another, siblings that have got bigger gaps. But he loves an overlap because with this, with Myra as well, they had to go for a second marriage ceremony because his divorce from the second wife was not complete before the first ceremony took place. He loves a bit uh, of bigamy, doesn't he? He does. They had two children who were Steve Allen Lewis and Phoebe Allen Lewis. Fucking hell. Uh, she was married 13 years and she was only 26. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, his, so, but good yeah, for her, I, to be fair. I'm glossing like, over it because she's got 13 so years of over a decade's worth of marriage and is still young enough to be like, I'm young and to free and single. Married. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's mad. He's, How old are you when you were married? 29? 28? 28. And that's... No. Youngish. Yeah, 28. That's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Imagine you'd been married... 15 years at that point. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. His fourth marriage to Jaron Elizabeth Gunn Pate lasted from October 1971 to June 1982. I don't know why we've gone into specific dates now. So 11 years. Yeah. And they had one daughter, Laurie Lee Lewis. Um, uh, this gets weird now. So this wife, it's almost like a weird Henry VIII thing. She drowned in a swimming pool at the home of a friend she was staying with several weeks before the divorce proceedings could be finalised. Wow, that seems... So that's dark. Yeah. Um, Wonder what happened there. His fifth marriage... Have I written that right? To Sean Stevens? Some women are called Sean. Fine. His fifth marriage... Have you seen Blade Runner? They're going, that's called Sean. I I, I feel I do need to watch Blade Runner. She's called Sean... I can't remember her name, but it's like literally S-E-A-N. And she's a woman. Uh, that marriage lasted for 77 days. <laughs> from June <laughs> I thought to you August. were going to say years. No, no, no. From June to August 83. Uh, she died, And she died as well. Really? Uh, How did she die? Journalist Richard Ben Kramer alleged that Lewis abused her and may have been responsible for her death, but the allegations have never been verified. Mm. Sixth marriage. She drowned to in the pool as well. Kerry McCarver lasted 21 years from 84 to 2005. That's not bad. Uh, they have one child, Jerry Lee Lewis III. Yeah. Uh, and then his seventh marriage to Judith Brown began March 9th, 2012. Okay. Uh, Lewis... How old is Judith Brown? I don't... I, I, don't, I I'm do not much, have that information. I'm doubting that she is 80-odd Let's find, like hang he. On, hang on, hang and on. And I would suggest that the attraction is not physical. Let me, uh, let me uh, man Google's ages of people. <laughs> Just find a picture of her, and if she looks less than 80, then I'm right. Oh, uh, no, when he... Uh, uh, so he got married to her when he was 76, and she was 62. That's not too that's bad. Not, that's not terrible. But she's still... He will still die, and she'll get all his money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, once she's... Well, no, would they still get... I mean, he's still got kids. So he had six children during all his marriages. Um, however, in 1962, his son, Steve Ann Lewis, also drowned in a swimming pool accident when he was three... And in 1973, Jerry Lee Lewis Jr. died at the age of 19 when he had a car accident. Fucking hell. So he's had a lot of if you don't, shit. If you say that he's not to blame for any of those deaths, which is dubious, but let's, let's err on the side of generosity. If you say he's got nothing to do with any of them, he's had some shit luck. Yeah. Yeah, he has. Uh, I mean, 
I'm going to tell you another story now, which <laughs> again, I, I, I feel like we've been going forever already, and I haven't yeah. got to the lyrics, but it's just he's had again checkered pass is what we're saying, right? Yeah. In 1976, Jerry Lee Lewis was arrested outside of Elvis Presley's Graceland home for allegedly att- intending to shoot him. <laughs> shoot Elvis? Yes. <laughs> Lewis had already nearly killed his bass player, but Owens. On September 29th, which was Lewis's 41st birthday, uh, when a 357 Magnum accidentally went off in his hand. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> well, because it did he, just, it just went he pull the trigger and it went well, off? Well, Lewis explains that the reclusive Presley had been trying to reach him and finally did on November 23rd, imploring him to come out to the house. Lewis replied that if he would... Um, sorry, Lewis replied that he would if he had time, but at that time he was busy trying to get to his... his trying to get his father, Almo, out of jail in Tunica for driving under the influence. <laughs> Later that night, Lewis was at a Memphis nightclub called Vapors, drinking champagne when he was given a gun. Just, uh, given, a, just given one. The owner of Vapors just gave it to me, Lewis explained, apparently. Uh, <laughs> explained. While, while, he was, <laughs> while he was in this club, he suddenly remembered that Alvis wanted to see him I guess this is all like what his story because it seems fucking nonsense. So he's in this club. He remembered. Oh, I always wanted to have a chat. So um, after he drank a bottle of champagne and been given a gun, yeah. So he jumped into his uh, Linton, Linton Lincoln Continental with a loaded pistol so it was on the dash. Drink driving there. So he had a loaded pistol on the dashboard. Brilliant. And the bottle of champagne under his arm. Brilliant. And drove to Graceland. Just before three o'clock in the morning, he accident accidentally in quotes smashed into the famous Graceland gates because quote the nose of that Lincoln was a mile long. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with the fucking own <laughs> consumption the, the of champagne. I had a headlight out. Oh yeah, but no, that is fa- so. Presley's cousin uh, Harold Lloyd was manning the gate uh, and watched Lewis attempt to hurl the champagne bottle through the car window not realising it was rolled up and smashed the window and the... <laughs> Fucking hell. So, it, uh, Lewis denies ever intending to do Presley harm um, and that they were friends. Yeah. Uh, but, in quotes, Alvis watching on the closed-circuit television told guards to call the police. The Memphis police found the gun in the car and put Lewis protesting, hollering, threatening them away in handcuffs. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> the cops asked Alvis, what do you want us to do? And Alvis told him, lock him up. Yeah. Which... Uh, it kind of says to me that it's this is not the first time he's been a dick to Elvis. Jerry Lee Lewis does say that hurt his feelings. Yeah. Oh, well, as it would. Um, and he ended up getting charged with carrying a pistol and public drunkenness. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Like, I think he's a dick. He is a dick, isn't it? I think he's a dick. Yeah. Um... Some interesting facts. Which, <laughs> this, uh, this, I'd love, can I just say, this should be a future for if we do a season three. Uh, a is, segment, are, they, are a they, dick? they Are they a dick? And then we just, yes or no. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Are they a dick? Pretty sure he's a dick. Um, I've got two more facts for you, and then we can actually get on to the lyrics. Yeah. Um, these are going to be the facts that I know you're going to want to know about. Yeah. Um, so you know uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's famous... Um, yeah. Thing. Uh, so, um, Rick <laughs> Rick Flair revealed that he started using the iconic "Woo" catchphrase in 1974 after he heard Jerry Lee Lewis uh, sing the lyric "Goodness gracious, great balls of fire!" Woo. Rick Flair yes. is a um, Richard professional Flair. wrestler. Right? He is a professional wrestler. Yes, the Nature Boy Rick Flair. Real, uh, real name. Uh, Richard Flair. <laughs> <laughs> is it? I think yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, it's like Flair, but it's not spelt Flair. F L. So his name's F L A I R, but it's his real name's spelt like F L E I G H or some shit. Like Sean Bean. 
and then, his name. And then one more fact, which I know you're, you care about. In 2017, the WWE, in oh, 2017, yeah. held a professional wrestling event titled Great Balls of Fire, uh, which is, just seems insane to me. Literally, when it came out, everyone was like, what, what the... F- why are we? Why? Why is this? This seems thing? on the nose. Um, yeah, it was. It was really weird. So, um, what was the premise of it? Were, you know, were they fighting in a cage over a there was furnace or literally <laughs> no reason to call it Great Balls of Fire. There was no. There was nothing. There, there was nothing. There was literally nothing. Yeah, oh, it's been long enough now um, since the, the baby marriage thing. So we'll we'll pull it out. So yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you look at if you get a chance and you're interested, check out the. WWE logo for Great Balls of Fire because the logo just said Great Balls of Fire with two balls of fire. Like balls of fire or testicles? It could of fire? not look more like a dick. All oh, right, okay. It's yeah, uh, and that's that. Is it a dick? Yes. Is it, is it a dick? <laughs> it is a dick. There are balls. So that is that's awful, man. I, this has been. How long have we been talking here? Forty minutes. You, oh, oh man, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. No, it, not now, for this us. Is but gonna for, be, the, for the listener, this is going to be one of those weird ones where. We've spoken a lot about him and his history. Yeah. Not too many lyrics in this song. Nope, so, um, need to be. But let's be clear, he didn't write it. That is true. But he decided to sing it and take all the money for but it. Again, so it, it's still his one fault. One of the best-selling songs of all time, let's remind ourselves. Oh. So, so let's dive into it. This is Jerry Lee Lewis and Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> I don't think I've actually got the woos written down here. No, that's fine. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. Mm-hmm. You broke my will, but what a thrill. <laughs> Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. That rhymes. What, I, hang on. Right, so, are we, how do we, I don't, <laughs> I just don't understand I how they got to, really. I, I just don't understand where they got to the balls of fire. I've no idea. I feel like they wrote, that bit first. I feel like Great Balls of Fire was like a title. They went, I've got a title, lads. This is the title. It's pr- it's provocative. It's, this is it. This is it. This is going to be a hit. <sighs> We've just got to write around the, this phrase now. And they went, okay. Um, does it need to be connected in any way? Nah. Do you reckon this is what um, Lil Peep did for Gucci Gang? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Someone said the words Gucci Gang. He went, there's a song I'm there. Gucci Gang. Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. And then just wrote shit around it. It happens a lot. I read a thing about Blink-182, the way they wrote Feeling This. Apparently, they sent one guy into one room and he wrote, oh, yeah, no, he wrote a verse. Yeah. Sent another guy into another room and he wrote a chorus. Um, and they put them together. And they both happen to be about sex because it's Blink-182. I do. But there was absolutely no link with no, how the I song do. came I together. love the idea that Mark and Tom would have split away, come back and... Mark's gone, right, I've got all of this stuff for reverse. What have you got, Tom? I'm feeling this. I'm just going <laughs> to say I'm feeling this eight times. Is that all right with you? Uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, well, we've been on, gone too much. Wait, Tom, Jesus. <laughs> well, that's, on, why he's, that's why he's out and mental. No, he's, he's doing the Space Academy thing. Yeah, because he, he's involved in... Um, but he knows a secret people. government programme. Yeah, yeah, he but he knows people and he's spoken to people, but he can't talk about it. He can't talk about he it. He can't say anything about could it. could he? Well, no, it's, well, it's actually, secret, it? you can only say, I mean, you know. You can't name any names, obviously. No, but you can go on, like, public broadcasting and talk about how you are involved in that stuff. As long as you don't it. say their names. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's how that you works. You can say it exists, but you can't. Yeah, there's there's massive, massive, um, you, you know, underground movements, but I can't talk about them. 
so forget I said anything. Yeah, I got told by a uh, a guy who uh, yeah he um he told me that during the Cold War they um they found a life form. But I can't I you know I can't say anything. But, about uh, I've said but don't worry about it. I've said too much already. Too I've much. already said too much. Go to the website honestly. Just go to the website. <laughs> put it donate a little bit of money and um, I'm trying to make fine. this film. So it'd, if it'd you could pay me some money, it'd be fine for this. I'd love to tell you. I'd love to say more, but you're gonna have to buy the book. It is definitely true though. Um, should we get back to this? <laughs> Uh, have you got anything to say about you shake my nerves and you're out of my brain? Uh, it's Did he do that to his wives? I feel like, yeah, it's... Too much yeah. love drives a man insane. If you've got seven wives, you're going to be shaking nerves and rattling brains. And if one of them's 13, it's going to be oh, annoying. You, oh, no, I've just reread all of this with that in mind. Yeah. You shake my nerves and you're out of my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. Oh, God, that's just rape. It is. You broke my will. What a thrill. Goodness gracious, great... Is Great Balls of Fire just blue balls? Yeah, or the other oh, way around. No. Is you broke my, and he's writing from uh, there. Oh, this is <laughs> so, 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 so <laughs> That's what it is. The, his balls are on fire because he's been lusting after this 13-year-old wife oh, and it's God. been frowned upon. He probably had oh, to marry... No, he probably just had, read ahead. He probably had to marry her to be allowed to, um, uh, you know, have intercourse. Cool, great. So, Good. because that's the moral thing of of the the deep South Christianity. Oh, she's thirteen, so I can't have sex. With I her. mean, you can if you marry her. Yeah. Oh, I'll marry her then. Don't worry about it. All is forgiven. I had great balls of fire until last year when I got married. So exactly. I totally get it. Exactly. Oh God, but that's blatantly what it is. Oh man, hence yeah. the ban. <laughs> okay, I laughed at love because I thought it was funny, but you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's that lot that that's up there with. I looked at her with my eyes. Like that's fucking brilliant. I laughed at it because it was funny. Yeah, I laughed at love. Why? It's funny. So it's always funny. Okay, great. <laughs> Crack on. <laughs> but you came along and moved me, honey. Oh. I've changed my mind. This love is fine. Let's see. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. They met, and he was like, oh, this, you're too young, I can't, I can't reconcile oh. with this. Oh, actually, now that you've moved me and broken my will, <laughs> this love is, it's fine, I've changed actually. my mind. This it, love's fine. It, it is fine. That's <sighs> sinister. Oh, God. Yeah, I feel, I feel like nearly every episode that I do now, there's a part where I'm really conscious of what I'm recording on tape. Yeah, like, well. Well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, well, fine, I'll just say it. I'll, I'll read this next bit looking into your eyes. <laughs> I don't have to look into yours, though. Kiss me, baby. Mmm. <laughs> feels good. You know oh. when babies... Oh, baby. You know oh, when babies... No. You know when baby is usually a metaphor for lover, you know, just, you know, baby, baby. But baby is also in this means sense, baby. In this sense, it's it means actually, actually literal. Actual baby. Well, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Hold me, baby baby let me love you like a lover should you're fine so kind i'd like to tell this world that you're mine 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 but, but I, can't, I can't because, it's because a, you're a child yeah 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 oh i don't like this anymore <laughs> i don't know why this we, isn't funny anymore no, why are we doing this i laughed at jerry because he was <sighs> funny now and now it's no coming back funny now it's coming back I'll continue. I chew my nails and twiddle my thumbs. I don't remember any of this shit. I'm real nervous 
but it sure is fun. Because uh, he's scared of getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, baby. You drive me crazy. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Piano solo because oh yeah because because yeah. because Jerry Lee Lewis yeah. um, I don't remember any of these words and I know the song it's one of the, again it's one of them you just know it don't you I think we've had this discussion before where you're kind of just born knowing it but these I can't even these yeah. words don't even fit in my no memory of the song at all my memory of this song is did you ever used to watch the Super Mario Brothers animated show no there was a show where it had the Super Mario Brothers and they were animated in it <laughs> oh yeah. And they, I'm 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 super sure that there was one episode where they were on like a uh, like an old steam powered boat. Yeah. And Mario had had the fire flower, and he was trying to keep like the Coopers away with his fireballs. The fireballs. And they were playing goodness gracious great balls of fire, which yeah. in that context is totally fine because yeah. he's not because it literally children. is great. They're, because they're princess, balls of fire that are great. The princess toadstool is of consensual age, and he's not shagging her. He's just saving her, rescuing. Yeah, her. exactly. Yeah, it's fine. It's just doing a good deed. So just carry on. You, know, you don't shag every old woman you're up across the road, do you? I don't. Well, <laughs> just speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Only reason I do it. <laughs> I might cut that out. <laughs> well, kiss me, baby. Mmm, feels good. Hold me, baby. I want to love you like a lover should. Mm. You're so fine. No, you're fine. So kind. I'd like to tell this world that you're mine, 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 mine. But I can't because you're underage. Oh, I'm just going to finish this off. I chew my nails and I twiddle my thumbs. I'm real nervous, but it sure is fun. Come on, baby. Drive me crazy. Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. There's not a verse. There's not a chorus. It's just kind of... Nonsense. A verse, and then it ends with a line. And then a verse that ends with a line. Then a piano solo. And then the same verse that ends with the same line. There's no structure particularly, is there? No. There is not. And, but but uh, in terms of it, I don't remember any of those lyrics, and they certainly do have a sinister edge knowing the history, and they certainly have... Now that we've presented it in the way in which we have presented it, I feel... You know, sometimes you talk about stuff and you think, oh, I might go have a wash. Yeah. 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 That. Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot recently, though, to be honest. Good. Well, any, 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 any closing statements that you'd like to make? It's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, it's just nonsense. And that is one of the best selling songs of all time. 96th best song ever, according to Rolling Stone. And um, Was it 10 million in 10 days or a million sales and it's in 10 just days re- or something stupid? And it's sold at least 5 million. The amount of money he's made from yeah, it is... 1 million is copies in 10 days. Horrific. He's made enough money to smash a car into Elvis Presley's gate <laughs> while drinking a bottle of champagne. And have it not be a problem. And have it not be an issue. Yeah. And it's shit. Yeah. And there's people making art with value that is just never heard, never seen, and they die poor. Oh, that's a lovely... That's a, that's a good. Well, that's... Should goodness we end it gracious. There? Should we end it there? Yeah. <laughs> right, cool. So there we go. Uh, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. It's over, and thank God that's... Oh, man. Oh, so that's, yeah, that one kind of hurt to do in a weird kind this of This season has been... Oh, come on. ...full of reprobates. We did wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> so well let's let's move on let's do all the, let's do all the closing stuff uh, yeah. so yeah you've been listening to Ollie and Elliot Wax Lyrical thank you very much for listening if you'd like to chuck us a cheeky review and say how great we are that'd be fantastic not interested in the negativity because all of the negativity is contained in the stories that we tell yeah um, certainly this week anyway um, 
Uh, what, what else do you want to do? do you, I, I guess I'm on Instagram sometimes at Ollie Edkins. Do you want to plug any of your socials? At Elliot M. Vaughan on everything. Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook, I think, but I don't really care about that. Um, and we are at Wax Lyrical Pod. Oh, yeah, and all of that stuff as well. That's probably a better idea. That's the one, because we don't the, care about personal We don't stuff. care about you personally. No, no, that just is true. A bit, just the brand. Yeah, it's just good. a brand thing. Okay, yeah. At Wax Lyrical Pod, is that right? I yeah, think that's that right. is right. There you go. Look at that. Good. Well, you've, you've come this far. Well done. Next week... I feel like we need something a little bit more light-hearted, to be honest, because otherwise this is just going to be the most depressing thing. So next week we are going to be doing, uh, we're going to be uh, speaking about and uh, dissecting Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe. Brilliant. I, I feel like it's going to be a happier episode. I was speaking to the guy who made that the other day. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, he mixed it. Oh, cool. Should we get him in? Probably could. Oh. No, we we won't. No, we won't. No. Bye. Bye. <laughs>